Hey, welcome to another episode of Coffee with the Captain. I'm Captain James. Joel. <laughs> this is Joel with uh, the Traveling Angler. He has a YouTube channel. You guys make sure that you're uh, uh, checking it out and subscribing. I'm supposed to say that. Subscribe. Have we get a lot of views on videos and not as many uh, subscribers as we would like to have? Uh, I got a goal. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers before the end of the summer, or before the beginning of the summer it would be even better. So do us a favor. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the like button if you like the content, and uh, yeah. So anyway, um, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff in the news, and. Uh, I guess maybe we should start talking about the uh, coronavirus. <laughs> don't drink Corona. <laughs> I love a Corona. <laughs> I don't have to do the lime, but I do love Corona. I can drink them. The the limes and the Coronas help fight coronavirus. You got to put the fruit in there. Are we turning turn that? Yeah. Let's give that a little spin. Spin. So I can do some editing. <laughs> I can fix that. Perfect. All right. So, um, yeah, the coronavirus. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. A actually, I've heard a bunch of uh, different things. They're kind of on Trump about. Uh, he said, yeah, you know, it's like the flu, you know, yeah. some people deal with it and then, you know, don't really have any issues and they go to work. They don't even know they've got it. And then immediately, uh, some of the news channels said Trump stated that you could go ahead and go to work with it. That's not what he said at all. He said, people do it because they don't, you know, they just feel like they've got flu like symptoms. Yeah. So they go to work. Um, it really affects people that are older, elderly, or have uh, immune deficiencies. So, you know, for the average person, for a young person, it's it's not going to be that big a deal. Just like any other flu. Right. I mean, it's not the same. Like they say, it's different. But but the flu kills people every thing. year. Yeah. 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 If you're old or at risk or young or, <clears throat> you know, you don't handle it as well. Well, I'm old, at risk, and uh, I don't handle it very well. I've drank a lot of Corona, so I think I'm safe. I think I have an immunity. That should be the, uh, the key right there. I don't know if it is or not. Um, I guess one of the things I wanted to mention was the uh, the new fishing regs. And, and there's more in the works. Mm. Um I, I don't know how close you're following Florida's fishing regs, but they cut back on the amount of trout that you can keep. Yeah, I knew that. Um, and, you know, we've got a, a two-snapper limit, you know, mm -hmm. and it's only open from June 1st through the 12th of July, I believe. I think we've got 45 or 48 days this year. Mm -hmm. I have to look at that again because uh, it, it's it's literally they're they're changing it. They're already talking about... Uh, possibly extending it into the fall. A uh, couple years back, we did a deal where they let us fish recreationally. You could fish um, Sundays and keep a couple snapper. So that was kind of nice. 
Um, yeah, they did. Wasn't that weekends in July or something that yes. they extended it? Yes. Yeah. You know, but I guess my point was, and I, I'm not seeing it now. <laughs> um, with the amount of fish you're allowed to keep, I had somebody ask me, you know, how does that affect your charter business? I'm not really a big meat fisherman anyway. So I'm not going out trying to load up my boat. We do a lot of catch and release. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can still fish for things out of season. You just can't keep them. And that, that upsets some people. But I did have a guy... And, you know, I hate to mention where he's from, especially now with the coronavirus, <laughs> but he, he was Asian. He wanted to keep everything he caught. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling him, you know, that, that redfish is 40 inches long. You, you can't keep it. It has to be in a slot. And I wasn't sure if he didn't understand me, but he was he was really upset that I wouldn't let him keep that big redfish. He wanted to take it home. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know, it's too big. You can't keep it. And then uh, uh, what else did we catch? Uh, it wasn't trout. Spanish. They were too small. He said they were good for him. I said, no, those are small Spanish. You know, it's not <laughs> yeah. legal. So variety of fish and even a small amberjack and same thing it wasn't in season and he's just a good fish no you know you can't keep it they're not in season so it it i guess if you're trying to fill your freezer we have those times a year here in florida where it's just not well at least here in the panhandle certain fish are just not abundant you know and and i have uh here, as of late, been struggling. I can catch bull reds in the cold weather. Oh, yeah. But trying to catch a slot red is difficult. <laughs> it's easy to catch a bigger one, but the small ones seem to, you know, they're they're either in, you know, warmer water. They've, they've moved, not where you normally would expect to catch them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, just kind of wanted to mention the, the uh, new regs, yeah, the new regs. <laughs> God, sucks to get old, man. Yeah, it's really sucks to get old. Yeah, with the with the trout, I've heard a lot of people aren't too happy about that because a lot of people do take the charters because they want to fill their freezer. So they, they feel like it's going to well, take a hit to their business because their clients I, can't keep as many fish. I know that the a lot of the inshore guides that just do, you know, primarily inshore fishing, it does affect them. And they have customers that come back every year, and that's, that's what they want to target. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's a little bit different. Um and I'm not doing it full time, so it it doesn't affect me the same way. And mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with catch and release. And even the two snapper limit, because I live here, I can go out catch two snapper. It's more than enough fish to feed my family. 
and I can go back tomorrow and catch two more. Mm-hmm. And I can go the next day and catch two more. So, you know, I have that ability. If you're coming in from out of town and you want to, you know, fill a cooler full of snapper, you know, yeah. it makes it hard unless you're a family of four fishing and then you can keep eight, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of snapper. So yeah. I have yet to be able to keep a snapper because I'm not here during that season. I leave right before snapper season usually. As soon as I leave, I'm back to work in Colorado, and everybody's posting pictures of the fish I want to eat. Well, you can, <laughs> you know, what's funny is uh, I just saw somebody posted a picture. Red snapper in the store right now is selling for thirty three dollars a pound. Yeah. So retail thirty three dollars a pound. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That that's. I mean, it's red snapper, and it's everywhere. So the fact that you can't keep it. I will I will say this about the regs. This is one thing that bugs the crap out of me. When it comes to red snapper, right now they're thick. The red snapper and the trigger fish. Uh, trigger fish are in season. It started March 1st. But they've been out on the regs and, and holding tight to structure since... January 1, they're thick. Now, they're going to be moving again when the season opens. That's the spawn for the red snapper. So, they're not going to be where they're sitting right now. Mm -hmm. I think they do it on purpose. (laughs) But we can catch the crap out of them. You can't get a bait to the bottom right now over, you know, any kind of reef or wreck. Because the snapper is so thick, uh, same thing with the trigger fish, and they're they're eating all the forage that the other fish need. So I think we need to cull a little bit. You know, I, I I think honestly, in my opinion, and I don't make any rules, but I think we could do a, a weekend each month leading up to the season. Open it up for recreational fishermen. Because once the season starts and the commercial guys come in, and, you know, <laughs> so even uh, uh, Captain Rich was saying the other day, I was following a headboat, and he said, you know, we really don't stand a chance against them. You've got three people on the boat. You know, maybe you've got four baits in the water, and the boat that just pulled away that you're following, they pull off a spot, and they've got 50 baits in the water. Plus chum. <laughs> right. And, and you know, how are you supposed to compete with that? They've already pulled all the fish off that spot, anything that was worth keeping. You know, so you catch a few, you know, little stragglers and you try to stay away from them. But the, the bigger head boats and uh, the commercial boats can really put a damper on uh, snapper season. Yeah, you ran into that last season. Yeah. Right? Opening yeah. day. That was, it was kind of funny Chasing too because, <clears throat> well, the, the commercial boats are the same way and it, it dawned on me later at the end of the day, I'm trying to figure out what, what happened exactly and why these long range boats were fishing so close to shore. So the first spot I went to was, uh, shoot two miles off the beach 
And the second spot I went to was about three miles off the beach and then five miles and then seven miles. And I could see this boat ahead of me and it's, it's hitting all these public numbers in close. And, and I, the reason is they save on fuel. Mm -hmm. So they hit all the stuff that's close and then they go out further. Well, he's on a much bigger boat than me. He can run further than I can. You know, I'm not going to take my little boat, you know, that far offshore. So, you know, for him to hit those spots right next to shore kind of screwed me. But at the same time, from a business standpoint, I get it because he's trying to save on fuel. It makes his catch worth that much more. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, and the faster he can get everybody to limit out, the faster he gets to go back, right? Right. Yeah. So what, if you can do it close. Now it depends on some of these headboats. It depends on where they're located. <clears throat> um, I I just I had a client on the boat who was telling me that he went on a fishing trip. They he caught a two man limit. They get back to the dock, and that was like when it come to I think it was snapper grouper. I can't remember now what it was. They get back, and it was the only snapper that was caught or the only grouper that was caught. I, f I forget what fish it was. Maybe it was grouper. But all these guys, there's like 10 guys standing around the flay table. And he's like, well, what are you doing? You know, th those are my fish. You know, I caught those. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, you can buy it at X amount, you know, 50 cents a pound or, or whatever. And he's like, "This the fish that I caught," but that's that's how they ran their their boat. They sell the fish commercially. You don't get to keep them. You can buy it, but you have to buy it pay by the pound what they're selling at the you know what they can get at the fish market. That's crazy. I've never heard of that. I, I've been on tons of charters myself and never had to buy my own fish that I caught. I heard they do that with the tuna. Like on the East Coast, that they'll bring you out on a charter, but you don't own the fish. And really? they do they do something. I've heard they do where you go on the charter, and if you catch a <laughs> tuna, you don't have to pay, but you don't get the fish kind of a deal. Gotcha. Because they sell the fish, and that's how they fund the trip. Well, now, I don't know if it's a bunch of people or if it's just one guy that was doing it that way. But Now, we were, we were just talking. I thought talking, that was hokey. We were just talking about doing a yellowfin trip right the overnight trip mm -hmm. and that was kind of the deal we got the reduced rate but we only got to keep one fish and then all the other fish go to the boat so you know we we got that reduced price but the the whole plan was to load the boat up mm -hmm. and and you know take it back in uh basically with a limit of fish and then that way that pays for the fuel and, and mm -hmm. the actual boat. So I guess if you know that going in, it's fine. But I, I just can't imagine at the end of your trip having to buy the fish back that you caught. Yeah. And no one else caught. You know, it was it was a, a pretty pretty bad trip. And the funny thing was, as I'm talking to this guy, this was a client. This was a paying customer. As I'm talking to him, he was telling me he literally paid twice what I charged him. It's 
So I immediately thought, I'm not charging enough. <laughs> I yeah. should be charging more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we were uh, putting like number eight or nine in the boat about the time he said that. And I, you're kidding me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I need to be charging you more. Yeah. But the, yeah, the rules and regulations are really tough and uh, they change. It, it's crazy. I know last year, No, maybe that was maybe that was eighteen. Triggers triggerfish season opened up on a Sunday and closed the same Sunday. So it opened and closed. It was only open one day. It was open one day. Maybe not even one day. That, hours, got, twelve hours. I got a picture of Kelly, my wife, holding up a trigger, and she was asking me, "Hey, when does trigger season open?" And I I kept thinking, what's next weekend? It's next weekend. She unhooks the fish. I got a picture of her holding it up. She unhooks the fish, throws it overboard. She looks at her phone and goes, no, it opened today. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we'll we'll catch another one. We'll catch a bigger one, you know. <laughs> Famous we'll, last words. We'll, we'll get one. <laughs> yeah. So no more trigger fish that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it started getting a little rough. We actually called it a day and, and started heading back in. But, uh, yeah, I really thought on the way back in, well, you know, we can, we'll just go out tomorrow. You know, not a big deal. We'll, we'll, you know, go another day. And that didn't happen because they closed the season. Yeah. So that that was a weird one. Uh, doesn't happen too often, but the – they will change what you can keep, the the amount of fish you can keep. And even redfish, uh, I remember when you could keep, I think it was three. You know, so, and that wasn't that long ago. But uh, now we're down to one. Mm-hmm. But redfish, you know, there again, I'm not trying to fill a freezer. But I heard they don't keep well in the freezer anyway. I don't think any fish does. Yeah. I mean, if you vacuum seal them and whatnot, you know, they're they're good for a couple of days in my fridge, but I generally try to eat them fresh. I don't like to freeze them. Yeah. I, I think that messes with the the yeah. meat. I don't yeah. think it's it usually same. makes it more mushy. Yeah. Yeah. So even even vacuum sealed and you can dry them and salt them and you know, do all that to try to preserve it, but it's it's not as good as fresh catch. Mm-hmm. So, like the sheep's head we caught and cleaned and immediately took to the grill, you know, that, you can't get any fresher than that. Mm -hmm. That's as good as that fish is ever going to be, you know. That's a fresh fish. That's how I like to eat them, too. Me, too. Yeah. Eat eat what you catch. That's why I catch and release a lot, because I can only eat so much by myself. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. And the fun for me is the catching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like whenever I'm, when I do a catch and release, that's a fish that someone else gets to catch or I can come back later, you know, and get lucky and hook up on the same fish. Um, and then, I, you know, I'm I'm not affecting the population of fish. So, you know, it goes on to spawn or, you know, gets eaten by flipper or whatever happens as a circle of life. But I, and, that brings me to another point. There's nothing worse than catching a fish, 
like a red snapper that you can't keep and you've pulled it up from a couple hundred feet, you know, and this fish has fought all the way up and it's gut hooked or whatever, you know it's not going to make it. Yep. So you got to throw it back and it's 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 not going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, it floats off as you're drifting. Nothing bugs me more than that. You know, why not let a guy keep a fish? You know, it, it, so it doesn't go to waste. He he literally can feed his family. Yeah. I think too many people, I guess, I only guess, too many people would take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. You want to keep the fish, you throw a hook in its gut. <laughs> you start <laughs> hand-feeding them hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, that's why I don't bait fish in Colorado, because you're gut-hooking most everything, and then you can't let it go. But that's, you know, the octopus trout hooks or whatever you know what i mean so it's not like a circle hook but yeah i hate that because if you're at your limit and then you gut hook something you can't keep it you know it's not going to make it right and in colorado we don't have like dolphins and sharks that come and eat stuff (laughs) so you literally put it back and it just floats you know you can't take it so but you can't keep people honest so they, I think they have to be rigid the way that they are. Well, and I was, I was looking through my phone because I, I know I just got the uh, weekly FW law enforcement. There it is, uh, law enforcement report. Look at this thing. This is all the all the people that they find. Oh, so that's you, the people they caught. Yeah, yeah. These are. Uh, and I, I, honest to God, I haven't, I haven't read this yet. I get this every week, and I'm just going to see if my county's in here. They've been slacking. There's Santa Rosa. Uh, Northwest, that should be us. We got Santa Rosa in there, Walton County. Um, I came across some guys in Texas that they had the back of their truck pretty well full. Some of these are crazy. I, I have... You know, some issues with some of the stuff that the FWC does. Um, I don't mind them stopping my boat. I, I don't mind. I, I, you know, go out of my way to make sure everything's legal. You know, got plenty of life jackets. I got all the safety equipment I need. Um, if if something was expired, if my fire extinguisher expired or my flares expired, which I do need to change this year because they're only good for so long. We'll have to shoot them off. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't mind it. And if they saw it and said, hey, this is going to expire next month, you know, you, you need to replace this, that'd be great. Very rarely do they do that. They just, you get a citation. You're paying a fine. You know, I, I like that they're out there on the water, you know, protecting us, doing what they're supposed to be doing. But there's times where I feel like, it's just law enforcement. You know, it's not FWC anymore. It's supposed to be Florida Wildlife and Conservation. They should just call them water police because they're, they're, they stop fishing boats. And they've actually said, I asked them one time, I said, I noticed, you know, six boats went by. Why'd you stop me? I was the only one with fishing poles. I had fishing poles sticking up all over my boat. And they stopped me and said, you've been fishing? What do you got? Profiling. What's in your box? <laughs> pretty much why pick on a fisherman but then when you read some of this stuff 
You know, this guy's got 18 undersized red snapper. You know, is that necessary? <laughs> you know, 18 undersized. It wasn't even like he was keeping legal ones. They're undersized. Mm-hmm. So, Just keeping everything they catch. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Here you go. 14 undersized black crappie. <laughs> you know? What is the size on the crappie? Do you even know? Nah, nah I don't know. Undersized has to be pretty small. It's got to be dang small. They don't get huge, huge. But to me, that's, I, you know, undersized crappie sounds like bait. Yeah, <laughs> like, like bluegill-sized crappie. Right. Yeah. It sounds like some offshore bait to me. I don't know. I don't do freshwater. I don't do enough to keep track. But, you know, every every one of these is, a you know, a, another fisherman. Mm-hmm. So, well, and being from Colorado, smaller ponds, rivers, stuff like that, conservation, I was just raised that way, catch and release pretty much, you know, eat what you're yeah. going to take, what you're going to eat right away. And other than that, let it go. And I've actually seen some of my fishing spots where I go hike up and catch cutthroat trout all day long. And like the last year or so I've gone up there. And it's not even close to what it was. There's trash around and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, what do you think? Smaller that, bodies of water, I think, are affected. Do, do or you, you notice it? Do you think that these people are supplementing their grocery bill? No. I mean, obviously, because they're eating, so they're not buying. But, but I, I mean, do you think they set out and that that's the goal is. Hey, I'm going to try to reduce my grocery bill by, you know, filling this freezer full of fish. Or they just can't help themselves. If the bite is hot, they just got to keep putting them in the cooler. They can't, they can't just. I mean, probably a little bit of both. But yeah, I mean. I just have a hard time with the the reasoning behind it. You, You know what's legal and what's not. And in Florida, the. There are so many rules and regulations. I know that it can be a little sketchy. There, there's been a few times where I've thrown fish back, and in fact, I think I was telling you yesterday, maybe when we were talking about, uh, I had a client on the boat start to throw a lane snapper back because yeah. we'd caught so many reds because yeah, he thought it was a red. He was getting used to it, and he's like, oh, another snapper, and he unhooks it and goes to throw it back, and I'm like, no, <laughs> but. That's kind of the mindset that we're in. There's so much that you can't keep and such a limited amount of time on when you can keep certain species and and so few, you know, that it, it, it can be confusing. Oh, yeah. My There's so many different species, too, of like the groupers. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even in the jack family, <clears throat> you know, there's been... Uh, in the fishing forums, there's always somebody that comments, you know, are you sure that's Almaco Jack? That looks like a baby amberjack to me. dead to me. I don't <laughs> think you released it. Uh, I don't think you. That was the latest I saw today. Some of these fishing groups, I'm just going to say it. Some of these fishing <laughs> groups on Facebook are just, you, you have to read this stuff because it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but there's people that, you know, there there's one thing. If you see a fish. And it's in a parking lot. And the trunk is open on the car. And there's a cooler there. 
and a guy's holding up a 40-inch redfish. Yeah, glazed Chances over are, eyes. That's going in that cooler. That's not yeah. going back in the water. But if a guy is standing on the beach and he holds, you know, he takes a picture of a fish that he caught, he's got that that picture, that video is a reminder of, hey, here's here's my day on the water. This is what happened. And the fish probably got released. And in my mind, is just not twisted enough to assume that he took that fish home. Mm-hmm. But you get a hundred comments. I can't believe you killed that fish. That's out of season. He's standing next to the water. What makes you think it didn't go back? Yeah. Your first thought is he must have killed the fish. Mm-hmm. So that that cracks me up, and it it's always funny. You know, certain I think certain groups are worse about it than others. Definitely. But I've had tons of people tell me how much my fish weigh from the photograph, which is amazing because mm-hmm. I don't straight arm my fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just hold them up. Yeah. So I, I'm amazed that you can tell from the photograph how much that fish weighs, you know? Yeah. And plus, a lot of, <clears throat> I don't believe a lot of the scales are even accurate. Oh, I'm Because sure I've weighed some real big fish and it's like eight pounds. And I'm like, no way. This thing's way bigger than that, you know? Well, and vice versa. The cheap scale I have is, is pretty much just that. Um, it's just a cheap, you know, digital scale. Mm hmm. It's convenient for me to compare fish against the last fish I caught. Yeah. That's really all I'm using it for. Yeah. You know. Or to boost the self-esteem of the client you got on the boat, <laughs> some kids, you know, like, look I, how heavy it is, and then they got right. I generally don't put my thumb on the scale, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, sometimes they want to know, and they'll ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kids will ask. And I, I, I've had a few customers pick up a fish and go, man, that's got to be 20 pounds. And I'm like, eight, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, it feels heavy because it's kicking. It's yeah. flopping around. You know, I get it. Yeah. And on the end of a pole, it felt heavy, but, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't maybe as big as you thought. Um, but then again, <clears throat> I've had some clients that, you know, can guess within, you know, quarter pounds because they, they do a lot of fishing. Yeah, they've seen that fish that size and, and they, know what it weighs. They felt it, and they know exactly what it weighs. Mm-hmm. And and I well, think you know exactly who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I have a client that's blind Oh yeah, that I take fishing pretty regular, and uh, he can tell me when he hooks up on a fish, he can tell me what the fish is, about the depth. He's, I'll let him know when we pull up on a spot, hey, we're in you know, 30, 60, 90 foot of water. He'll let me know about what depth he caught it. He can tell by the way it's fighting what it is. And then when he gets it up to the boat, he can usually get pretty close on, on weight, which is just amazing. Yeah, dude. by feeling it. Yeah. Just by feel. And, you know, he'll grab <clears> it with the grips, <throat> and he knows that the last two he caught that were, you know, 10-pound, and this one is either lighter or heavier, and he can usually get pretty close. Mm-hmm. So. I yeah, guess well, it's true. All your other senses <clears throat> that's really what kick in. I was just in. gonna say, yeah. When when you lose certain senses, other ones get more keen. Like when I got my concussion, uh, my my hearing picks up on things. So like if my truck's ticking, like oh, yeah. in the motor, I can hear it, and I'll be like, "Can you hear that?" People get in my car and they can't hear it, and I'm like, "No, something's not right." You know, and I don't know if it was something with my brain, but now I pick up little high pitched noises and stuff where I didn't. So when you lose something like that, it overcompensates. And if he has, if he's fishing all the time, 
it, it's like us. We look at a fish and guess how big it is. He feels right. the fish. And the more he's caught, he knows what it feels like. Well, I swear as I'm getting older that I'm further off. I used to be able to look <laughs> at a fish and go, you know, wow, that's that's barely over 12 inches. Mm-hmm. You know, pick it up and hold it next to your five-gallon <clears throat> bucket, which is, you know, 12 inches across. Hold it next to a bucket and go, it's right at 12 inches. Mm-hmm. Now I look at a fish and I'm like, I don't think that's 12 inches. And you hold it over the bucket and it's hanging over by two or three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, wow, I was about to throw that back. That I guess that is a keeper. That just shows you're catching bigger fish now. Or the buckets are getting smaller. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I think my eyes are going. I, I really I really do. Um, in fact, I, I recently have gotten glasses. I don't wear them. Uh, <laughs> unless I'm taking an eye test. What do I need them for? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. If it's blurry, just get a little closer to it. Or squint. <laughs> but it... It does seem like it's it's harder to tell, and some of these fish. Well, we've caught some some sheep's even that were just thick. They were just fat. They were like down there eating all morning, you know. And you you get that fish, and he's really fat, and he might not be that big, but you put him on a scale, and like, man, that's that's a good fish, you know, mm-hmm. that's a fat fish. Then you get the one that's. You know, a Long, nice size, and he's real skinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because stretching out. If that other one was eight pounds, this sucker's probably ten, and you weigh it, it's like five. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wait a second, where'd all the, you know, where's the meat on this guy? Yeah, he's growing long-wise. So yeah, it can uh, be, <clears throat> it can be deceiving. That little shorter one was, was down there feeding, and uh, I recently had somebody tell me, we posted a picture of a cobia in one of the Facebook <laughs> yeah. groups. And it was legal by about an inch and a half. What's the size on those? 33 Thir- or 36? To the fork. Thir- I think it's 33 to the fork or 32. Now I have to look again. Cause I, think it, I think it went up. That cha- that's, that's one of them. Say. Like they're 36 yeah. or something now. That was one of the deals. But this guy comments on the picture, and it was the the, the guy who caught it. It was his first cobia. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wants to keep the fish. Yeah, you know, well, it wasn't a giant, but it's good fish. But it's legal. fought hard, and he caught it on like ten pound uh, braid. Yeah. So it was kind of a big deal. He caught it on a really light rod, like a three thousand. I mean, seriously, inshore rod. It was the closest rod to him. He grabbed a rod. He tied on a, a gotcha plug. Pretty sure he caught it on a gotcha plug, even. So it was just kind of a big deal that he caught this fish. He landed the fish. We get it up the boat. We net it because it looked small. Yeah. You, know, you didn't, didn't know. want to stick a gaff in it. Mm-hmm. And we measured up, and it's barely legal, but it was legal fish. So, you know, immediately these people start commenting, uh, you know, I, I don't keep them unless they're 50 pounds. And I'm like, <laughs> dude. I bet you don't throw a 40-pound cobia back. <clears throat> you know, you're just talking crap, you know. and it's No shortage of that. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine you throw a 40-pound cobia. It don't weigh 50. I'm throwing it back. Yeah. Well, uh, I would think. You know, I, I don't think... know where you're fishing, but we don't get an opportunity to catch a whole lot of 40-pound cobias. It's going in my in my cooler. Well, and if it's like any other animal, the smaller it is, the better it tastes, right? It's. 
pretty much the case, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, a 50-pounder probably doesn't taste as good as, you know, one of the bottom size rig. Well, all I know is that one tasted great. Yeah. Because I got half of it put on my grill. When we filleted it out, there was so much meat. He said, I can't, you know, I'm not going to eat all this. Yeah. You want half? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was delicious. <clears throat> I put it I put it on the grill next to some swordfish steaks. And uh, everybody liked the, the cobia better than the swordfish. Really? Yeah. So, and it, they were seasoned exactly the same, cooked on the same grill at the same time. Mm-hmm. They came off together. There was absolutely, you know, it was identically prepared. And everybody said that cobia was delicious, and it was. I heard. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) I I haven't even caught a cobia yet. Well, this will be the year. This will be the year. We're about to go get on them now, so. Well, we probably ought to wrap this up. Uh, I guess, uh. What I need to say is we've got some amazing videos coming. Uh, so you're just going to have to tune into the channels to check them out. Mm-hmm. You can find me at a Latte Fun Fishing, and you can find Joel at the Traveling Angler. We've got a fishing trip planned this weekend. A uh, couple days we're going to try to get offshore, so we should be able to bring you guys that video. Uh Man, lots of new gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, got some new rods and reels, some new uh, bait stuff. So, uh, brand new sabiki pole yeah. and reel. Got a whole new setup. <clears throat> we got some new tackle that just came in. So, we're going to try to get it offshore and try that out. Uh, going to be doing some uh, butterfly jigging, some live baiting. Uh, it's going to be awesome yeah so yeah i'm real excited lots of different species absolutely and my channel too on this it's mainly i'm focusing on how to stuff so if you're a beginner fisherman or angler especially new to saltwater check it out um and i'm going to continue to do whatever you guys comment let me know what videos you want to know what things you want to know and i'll make sure to do the content on that as well so now, we did just get some, some comments on some deep dropping, so that's kind of in the works, too. I want to get more uh, video on the boat, and I can just tell you guys, you know, trying to get a quality video when you're out on the water is not easy. <laughs> it's really difficult, especially if it's if it's just a couple of people and you don't have a dedicated cameraman. Uh, the quality is not that good. Uh me personally, I hate all the wind noise, and we've bought, you know, we've invested a bunch of money in expensive microphones with the, you know, the dead cat or the wind sock mm-hmm. for the mic, and it's still, the wind can be an issue. Um, you know, trying to trying to capture that footage and stuff can be very difficult, but we're really working towards uh, being able to do more on the water. So that's actually going to start this next week. You guys will be seeing more videos of uh, Joel and myself, hopefully, uh, out on the water actually catching fish, showing you that the techniques that we're talking about um, really work. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, as far as finding the fish, what gear we're using, and be able to see that firsthand that it, it actually works. 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's as easy as we say it is or easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that easy. It's simple. It's simple. Yeah. It's all you got to do. Yeah, and you're simple. guaranteed to have a good time on the water. Yeah. You'll have a latte fun. You, you may not catch your personal best fish, but you'll have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. So anyway, I guess that's it. Until next time, I've been Captain James. I'm here with Joel, the traveling angler. That's right. Make sure to like and subscribe, guys. And we'll see you in the next video.